Hey everybody, it's Kai. This is Politics Inside Out, that thing we're doing about the economics of uh, Trumpian politics in this country, which get uh, more interesting every single day. Uh, Andrea Seabrook is on the other end of the phone. Hello, hello. Yes, she is. There she is. Um, so the news of the day actually uh, came out sort of over the weekend, Andrea. It's the uh, it's the Mick Mulvaney thing uh, on directing the OMB. Tell us about uh, Congressman Mulvaney, would you? Mick Mulvaney is from South Carolina, and that should, for anyone who is listening and understands sort of congressional politics, say something. Because South Carolina is a very particular place with a particular style of politics in this era. Um, And Mick Mulvaney himself, um, he's relatively young, at least for Congress. He's also um, like a super Tea Party guy. He established the – one of the like – caucuses among uh, Republicans in the House of Representatives that said, you know, that said, we're not going to let this place be as liberal as it has been uh, under John Boehner. So that should tell you something. I mean, not that John Boehner was like a super conservative, but just that they're they're super conservatives. And so, like, I think the important thing to remember is that it's not so much about Mick Mulvaney, who is an interesting guy. It's about the Office of Management and Budget. Oh, tell me more about that, because I want to talk about the budget a little bit, because there are some keywords that we have to talk about here uh, as relates to Mr. Mulvaney. But but talk to me about OMB. (laughs) So OMB is like the secret agency in charge of everything. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, if you know it and I know it, then it's not so secret, man. But that's all. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, like, oh, you know, every time anyone says OMB, I like start to snore. I'm like, Uh. That's how um, Big Bird snored. Yes, when I was a kid. Yes. Um, but anyway, um, OMB is it's like it's like the thing that gets the money from Congress, yeah. and then doles all that money out across the executive branch. And that sounds boring, and OMB is a boring name. Um, but the reason that that's boring is because mostly people don't understand how the federal government works in the first place, which is that like like backing up. Congress is in charge of sending out the money. Congress can say, you get this much and you get this much and your program is stupid and we give you nothing and yours is great and we give you everything. But then OMB gets that money and sort of manages to direct it in the ways that the president wants. So there's this, yeah. You know know what's so interesting about OMB, right? If you think back to OMB directors of the past, and and I'm going to throw out some names here, right? You have David Stockman. Right, who famously broke with Ronald Reagan over deficits and, and trickle-down economics and, and all of that jazz. You have Dick Darman, who was back in the George H.W. Bush era. I mean, there are some folks mm-hmm. who come out of there who, who still to this day have lasting reputations in Washington. They have great reputations because these are people who, I mean, here's the thing. They're the CFOs Oh, of good analogy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right? Yep. You know, CEOs... They go around, they say, oh, we're going to do this big giant thing and you should be excited. And they bump, you know, they like pump up stock price. Like Donald Trump is sort of the CEO, the CFO. I mean, you may think that the secretary of state or the this guy, this new guy in charge of the army and this and that, all these, you know, this the OMB guy is the CFO. So, so yeah. So can we talk in in that vein? Right. Because that's a really good uh, analogy. Let, Let me bring up two key uh, buzzwords here about the federal budget and the process that we're going to get into after the new year. Um, sequester is word number one, and debt limit 
is, I guess, phrase uh, number two, because Mr. Mulvaney was strong on the sequester, that is uh, uh, mandatory rigid cuts, and also voted not to raise the debt limit, saying, in essence, yeah, nothing bad's going to happen. Right. Those are... (laughs) I would not be surprised if uh, Representative Mulvaney, uh, soon to be, uh, you know, uh, OMB Chief Mm -hmm. Mulvaney, changed his position on the debt limit question. Hmm. He may still love sequester. So here's the thing. Sequestration and the debt limit are two, like, crowbars that Republicans have used in Congress A crowbar is probably not a good term because a crowbar opens something. I want to ratchet it down. So there are two ratchet wrenches, okay, that that Congress, Republicans in Congress, especially fiscal conservatives, have used to shut down spending, to force decision-making on bureaucrats and Hmm. uh, the people who control them, to say, like, you must decide what actually is worth continuing and what isn't. And – And that's a very interesting tool. Like, you know, liberals and Democrats think it is a blunt weapon to say, like, oh, we must cut things that really matter for other things that really don't matter or do matter or whatever. Um, But on the other hand, if if there is a moment in American politics when we really should be spending less, then the way to force agencies to do it is to say there's less money to go around. Yeah. It's really the only way to do it. And so, I, you know, I what? have a lot of um, I have a lot. You know, I, I, I'm interested. Yeah. But, um, well, but I'll tell you what that that not to get too far into this, but which I say all the time, you know, that depends on Americans willingness to be taxed more or to take less uh, services, fewer services from the government. Right. Yes. And, and I have yet to find an American voter who says, oh, yes, please raise my taxes or no, I don't want any of that, uh, you know, government Medicare or whatever the heck it is. Um, and I will the counter argument to that. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, without taking sides is that there are a lot of people who get a lot of services without actually having a stake in how much is paid. Totally true. Totally true. Totally true. Um, I heard uh, on the morning show this morning, David Brancaccio talking to Stan Collender on uh, the Mm -hmm. Marketplace Morning Report. Stan said a very interesting thing, uh, uh, pointing out that President Trump has planned, President-elect Trump has plans for a ginormous infrastructure spending plan over 10 years, trillion dollars, and also wants to cut taxes that will do great violence to the federal budget. And uh, if that is the case, then uh, Congressman Mulvaney could be the first resignation from the Trump cabinet. I wouldn't be surprised. Huh. Because here's the thing about Mulvaney. He's a real fiscal hawk. And there are real yeah. fiscal hawks yeah. on both sides. And what that, you know, the, the thing is, there's been this new idea over the last, I don't know, couple decades that has said, like, a fiscal hawk is someone who wants to spend less. That's mm. not true. A real fiscal hawk, the likes of Mick Mulvaney and, let me say, the blue dog Democrats, yep. like yep. conservative Democrats, you know, these are people who... Uh, who want to who want to have a budget that makes sense, and you can't just say we want to cut taxes without cutting spending because you know, you got to look at both sides of the ledger. Hmm. Is that too much of shorthand? Like you can't. No, 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 no. no. You, that's 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 yeah. plain English. No, I totally get that. Yeah, totally real that. fiscal hawks know that when you start cutting the amount of money coming in, you got to cut what goes out. And there's this sort of fake fiscal hawk on both sides, I might mm-hmm. ask, mm-hmm. I might add, of people who say, no, as long as we're cutting taxes, we can spend as much as we want. Or 
as long as we're like have money coming in, we can spend as much as we hmm. want. You know, it just it just there's yeah. it, like fiscal yeah. hawk needs to mean something again. Yeah. All right. Um uh, uh, okay, different topic. We're going to skip over the new army guy, uh, Vince Viola, who's uh, uh, founded Virtu, uh, which is a big um, trading company, and he's an army veteran and all that jazz. We're going to skip over that because I want to get to the- Fascinating appointment. Very fascinating, but there's other things to talk about. I want to talk about the inauguration because you said something very interesting in our meeting this morning about mm. the inauguration. Yeah. Here's what I said. As a journalist, uh, as a journalist who's worked in Washington for many, many years, and I'm very old, uh, usually the day after inauguration, I mean, sorry, the day after election day, Mm -hmm. that Wednesday in November is when we start hearing about plans for inauguration. Right. So there is an inauguration committee, like a committee that come, you know, that's already in place, sort of like a transition team, um, that deals with just the event planning of, you know, the, the like wedding planning, as it were, of inauguration when there's going to be a new president. Right. And you might remember that uh, when Barack Obama was elected the first time, um, the day after the election, frankly, I mean, we're talking about like, uh, you know, uh, wait, uh, what, it, uh, four, eight, what? Eight years ago. Eight years ago. And it's 16. So, yeah, in 2000, (laughs) that's how you know I'm getting old. The day after Election Day in 2008, we heard about how many balls there would be, how many inaugural balls, how many people they were expecting in Washington, D.C., how they were going to deal with that foot traffic, the physical traffic, the buses, the metro. We heard, you know, that there would be an inaugural concert that would include the likes of Bruce Springsteen and you too. Mm-hmm. Right? We, we like there was this whole thing. As journalists covering Washington, we have heard almost nothing about inauguration and it's been, you know, 35 days. Yeah, like 40 something. But yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah. yeah. Hmm. And that means that I mean there's something there's something interesting I think for for marketplace listeners in this and that is that on the one hand, this inauguration is going to be drastically different. It is different in terms of, you know, historical import. Although maybe, who knows? I'm not one to judge historical import. Um, businesses in Washington, D.C. don't seem to be expecting the same sort of uh, boost yeah. from an inaugural weekend or inaugural week. Although that, you know, that being said, inauguration is on a Friday, January 20th. January 21st, there's a huge women's march on yeah. Washington, which will include women and men. There are all these other things planned. Lots of people coming in. There may be a boost. Well, um, so, so, you know, protesters spend yeah. money too, right? Yeah, they sure you know? do. Yeah. Especially on hotel rooms. Right. Uh, and food. Uh, and so there will definitely be that. The Trump... Um, the Trump transition team, the inaugural committee, has told the press that it expects about a million people, which huh. is half what Donald, uh, half oh, right? what, what Barack Obama, Obama had. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that uh, the other thing we know is that Donald Trump is going to officially going to two of the two official inaugural balls. Barack Obama went to ten. Yeah, well, you get you get the sense that balls and you know fancy parties aren't his deal, right? 
they I'm already steal. And, yeah. you know, that could work for or against. I mean, right. I actually, I think in terms of optics, you know, optics, to use the D.C. term nationwide, and what his transition team is saying is like, yeah, yeah, we just want to get to work. And oh. I admire that. <laughs> good, that's well, a good line anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, we got to go. I got things to do. You got things to do. It's uh, uh, Politics Inside Out is the name of the um, thing that we do. She's at Radio Babe. I'm at Kai Rosdahl. We have a uh, an email address. It's insideout at marketplace.org. Hit us up. Um, let us know what you think. And subscribe on iTunes and, and all that good stuff. You know what DC is going to become? Uh, what? Mars. Oh, man, that's so good. You know what's great is you're like a dog with a bone with that thing, man. You're like, oh, wait, I have to get it in every single show. All right, I got to go. Bye. 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 This is APM.